we continue today with our series called Holy Laughter. And we are using the, a story from the first part of Luke that we've used before. It's in chapter 1, and Mary has learned that she's pregnant. And this is what happens next. Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth, her cousin. When, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, should say, and Mary sung. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he's looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. What a fun story. It's just filled with playfulness and wonder, laughter. Send your Holy Spirit, O oh God, to, to laugh with us, to lift us, and to Bring us closer together, not only to one another, but to you. Speak to us in that way, we pray, O oh God. Amen. So, my question for you is this, what does it take to get you to laugh? What does it take? Some of you, even by just my asking that question, I saw a little smirk start to kind of just ease out, you know, a laugh. Oh, what does it take? Oh, maybe I'm about to laugh. Oh, that sounds fun. Wait a minute, I'm almost already there. You're just kind of already, what does it take? I don't think it takes much. In fact, I would even bet that all it takes to get you to laugh is to watch someone else laugh. Let's find out. Take a look.
just happened? I mean, what's so funny? I mean, it's just a couple of babies laughing. We don't even know what half of them are laughing about. Why? What's the big... And yet, and yet, as soon as we see it, we cannot help ourselves. We join in. We just, we're just drawn into this playfulness, this laughter. When we see someone else laugh, we want to laugh too. When we happen upon a group of others that are laughing and carrying on together, we want to get in on the game. Laughter is contagious. Laughter is relational. And that kind of thing, what just happened in here is is the kind of thing that's going on in the story we just read from the beginning of Luke. It's this this domino effect of laughter. That's how I read this story. That's what I feel like is going on. It's this kind of one to another kind of laugh that just begins and grows and passed from one person to the next. The The gist of the whole thing, of course, is that Mary learns she's going to be pregnant with Jesus and that it's a really, you know, it's going to be a big deal. It's supposed to be a big deal. And the Bible tells us that she goes with haste, with haste, to the other town where her cousin Elizabeth is to tell her the news, right? And all she has to do is walk in the room and say hello, and it creates this chain reaction. The baby leaps with joy in Elizabeth's womb. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and Mary gets so giddy she just starts singing. They're all giddy and happy. As one pastor puts it, joy literally leaps off the page from this story. Just that kind of Now, some wonder why Mary's even there. Why does she go there in the first place? I mean, why not to her parents or to Joseph? Why go there? Well, Jesuit priest James Martin, I'm reading a book of his, suggests that she might be going there out of fear, that that was the one place she could go that was safe. After all, she wasn't married to Joseph yet, so this pregnancy is a a bit of a problem, (laughs) It's, causing, it's going to cause a problem for her, for him, and for the family. So perhaps she's going there out of fear. Maybe her parents even sent her there, you know, at least until things die down at home, you know, that kind of thing. And maybe she, regardless of what, what got her there, what seems pretty clear is that she is likely there out of fear, that she's entering the house somewhat terrified, and yet What's wonderful about this story is we see that 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 fear and worry that's in her heart, it's magically substituted with joy and laughter. The kind of joy that gets her to sing one of the most beautiful songs written in all of Scripture. My soul magnifies the Lord and I rejoice in God my Savior 
Laughter can do that. Laughter can take our fear and replace it with joy. Laughter creates a, a bond and an experience between two people that, that we are not likely to forget. I recently read an article that, on laughter that, where that quotes a neuroscientist by the name of uh, Sophie uh, Scott. And she talks about, she says, laughter really is contagious, really is. And what happens when we see a laugh is that it triggers the same part of our brain that, that houses the most base of, of our emotions, the basis, basics of our emotions, the kind of the, the instinctive part of our brain, the amygdala it's called. So it's the same place that houses fear, same place. Laughter, when we see laughter, it, it triggers that same part. So if you've ever heard the phrase, tickle my amygdala, it's true. It's a tick, right? And, and so that's what, what happens. And what's funny is the brain, the brain responds by preparing our face, the muscles in our face, to join in. And she goes on to say that what's fascinating about that is that it, the benefit of it, of course, is that when our brain does that, prepares our face to join in, to smile and laugh, it's a way of helping us socially. In fact, it begins to create strong connections between individuals in a group. In other words, communities are often solidified when they start to be able to laugh, when they start to be able, when, when they become able to laugh with one another. And, and that's what's happening here. Relationships of this family of Mary and Elizabeth are being deepened. And God is using the tool of laughter to do it. But that's not the only thing. It's not the only thing happening. This isn't a story just about, you know, something psychological going on. It's not just about two pregnant women getting together and mimicking each other's behavior and bonding. It is that, but it's, there's more to it. The more that's going on has to do with what Luke is trying to do with us. Scholars will tell you that They'll be the first to tell you that this story is actually part of a prologue before the Gospel of Luke begins. It's a prologue. It's this introduction part. It's this a prologue. The function of a prologue is to get the reader ready for the story they're about to read. It's a way of, of opening up the reader through a background or context to get us in a place where we can actually experience the story we're about to read. That's what a prologue does, and that's exactly what Luke is doing here. That's what he's doing with us. He's trying to prepare us. He's trying to, to warm us up to the possibility of a relationship with God. He's trying to open up our hearts in such a way that we might welcome the good news of Jesus Christ into our life. And he's smart enough to know that Getting us there requires getting us in a happy, joyful place. What better way to do that than to put two pregnant women in a room and let them loose? Have a baby jump in the womb, start jumping up and down. It's good stuff. We all get that. That just makes us smile. We're intended to walk into Luke's gospel with a smile on our face. 
That's what he's hoping for. That's what he's preparing us for. I'm not sure if you caught it, but but we're the next person that's supposed to laugh. It starts with the baby leaping and, and moves to Elizabeth and then to Mary and then to us. It's a holy laughter that starts with the very beginning of Luke and, and runs throughout the whole thing. And it pops up again and again and again and again. Scholars will tell you it's, it's the gospel of joy. It, it pops joy out here and there and everywhere. And I would say it's a, it comes in the form of, of holy laughter that we see. Not only here, but again when Jesus heals the sick, we see it. When Jesus forgives the one who has sinned, we, we see holy laughter we see it when the disciples gather around this table. We, we see it when the Good Samaritan picks up the one who's been robbed and cast in a ditch. We see God's holy laughter when the father runs down the street and embraces the prodigal son and welcomes him home. We see God's holy laughter everywhere as God brings people together in a way we never expected. That's when we see it in this gospel, in this life, God's holy laughter has the power to tear down the wall we build around our hearts. Just this past week on Thursday, actually, I had the privilege of being part of an an Eid celebration. You've never heard of an Eid celebration. It's a, it's the, a gathering that honors and celebrates the last day of Ramadan uh, within the Muslim community. And EPIC, East Plano Islamic Center, I love their acronym, EPIC, uh, is uh, one of, it's our neighbor, just pointing the right way, block that way. You can't see them here, they're right there. And I've become friends with the imam there, and they invited me. Part of their Eid celebration this year is they broke fast from Ramadan on the last day. They gathered community leaders. They invited uh, police chiefs, the mayor of Plano, mayor of Murphy was there, and, and chief of police, chief, the firefighter chiefs, and, all, and clergy, and all kinds of, and we were all there. And it wasn't my first time there, but it was others other people's, it was their first time. And I could tell just by looking at them that there was this awkwardness, this kind of worry and a little tension. It was kind of, it was in the air, this, this look of, should I be here? Are we going to be okay? Is it safe? What's going to happen? And it was in the air. And the first thing they did when they welcomed us was tell a joke. And it really wasn't even that funny. But we did what you just did. We laughed. We laughed. And the fear and the worry and the began to disappear. All of a sudden, we relaxed and became regular people. As God began to tear down the walls around our hearts, 
Now, let me tell you, when you hear me when I say this, I don't know much, but this I know. We desperately need the wall around our hearts, the walls that exist between one another to be torn, torn down. We desperately need it. In a world that is so eager and willing to blame everybody else for all our problems, a world filled with fear and divisive fights and arguments, in that kind of world, we need to make room for God's holy laughter kind of laughter that can send fear out the door running, the kind of laughter that turns enemies into friends, the kind of laughter that can take a Republican and a Democrat and make them best buddies. It's happened. It's happened. The kind of laughter that starts with a baby leaping in a mother's womb and walks out into the world through an empty tomb. God's holy laugh. We need it. We really do.